morning, everybody, and welcome to another very special, crisp, beautiful fall edition of Ignite Radio Live. Over the five mighty stations of Annunciation Radio. We are very delighted to have you with us on this glorious night. It is a beautiful night. Praise God. We don't praise God enough. We don't. You're right. You know, all the trees are praising God. And I've said this the last few weeks, and it's worth just noting again, the grandeur of these leaves really correspond to dying and just uh, the mystery of life, death, and resurrection that uh, the resurrection we proclaim by way of the death, death is happening with us. And uh, in many ways, right? And uh, all of that gives God glory if we turn it to Him. And so we're very blessed to have you with us here tonight. We're doing something experimental. We are live on Ignite Radio Live over the five stations, of course, of Annunciation Radio. And uh, we're also trying something over Facebook Live. It's uh, My wife is shaking her head. So you can join us um, through Facebook also. by You'll see us live. There might be a little bit of a delay. But our theme tonight is really threefold, and they are somewhat related. We're going to try to connect them, but they are all important. Of course, the World Series Game 6 for the Indians. Excuse me? The Cleveland Indians. They're two hours away. You cannot go for the Cubs. Well, in honor of Aunt Lisa. Well, I and, I, and actually, I think it's a win-win. Uh, they haven't been in it for 108 years. I do like the Cubs. If it wasn't the for the Cleveland Indians. And so we're very delighted to have you uh, all with us. And of course, um, there's a connection with this that we have sports allegiances for many reasons, right? Sometimes it's geography. Sometimes it's people that we know. And it's part of our culture to, to pick sides and to have teams. And that's appropriate for sports, when you're little kids, it's appropriate for color. You know, my favorite color is blue, and blue is better than red or whatever. Really, it's kind of non-rational. Not irrational, but Or maybe like your favorite superhero would be the exactly. bigger, contentious thing. That's true, although Superman clearly is the surpassing superhero. Anyways, I digress. And, uh, you know, so sports is uh, something that we ought to have, a, you know, we have kind of these allegiances with, come heck or high water, the faithful among us. We ought not have that for political parties or candidates apart from what they stand for. And tonight we're also going to talk about the election a week from tonight, a very significant moment where we Americans continue to determine our future. And that's exactly what elections are about. We are given the opportunity, literally the power to make uh, a decision that we'll be responsible for, by the way. With great power. Comes great, great responsibility. responsibility. Speaking of the superhero theme with Spider-Man. And uh, we, need, we need to look at elections that way. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. And uh, I think really to contextualize all of this is our um, theme today, our solemnity today that we celebrate, hopefully with great, deeper understanding every year it comes around. Because it ought to color really more than even once a year, but our lives. And that is the solemnity of all saints. What an awesome, awesome feast, right? Yes, I had to reach for my water. <laughs> I would have so, handed that to you. So, uh, um, so blessed to have you all with us. If you have questions for us, if you want to interact in any way with things that we are talking about, we just uh, really kind of ask for two things, two words, loving, vigilance. They're both important, that we have a, a regard and love for other people. And uh, number two, that we're vigilant. Love cannot be love if we're not endeavoring to be truthful and honest and straightforward, if you will, about significant things, particularly in the area of faith and politics. Told not to talk about them, but we here on Ignite Radio Live want to showcase them. So just interesting. I remember hearing a homily or a talk or something from the dear, wonderful, awesome Father John Ricardo up the road, and he said exactly that, that people 
quote that all the time. Exactly Stay away that. from what well, kind of like exactly faith and politics and religion. And he said, and yet those are the most important things to be talking about that have such consequence and that we should be willing to share ideas and conversations and opinions. Um, and he, with that, he said, though, also that we really, truly need to learn how to discuss, to confront, to um, just share with civility. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, that there needs to be some comfort in that discomfort, if you will, that um, we don't just stay away from it or um, the other extreme of shouting at somebody in belligerence and then walking away and being like end of discussion. But how do we help each other come to a greater understanding of why one person might think one thing or challenge them to go a little deeper or just that whole communication needs to be done even when it gets uncomfortable in love and it can't be taken as a personal attack so to speak so so we'll open that door very shortly here because i think it is part of what it means to have a democratic republic it, it depends upon good conversation and humility um, before we get there we're going to open with a prayer here and uh we're going to share stephanie and i passages actually it's one. It's from the readings today from St. Bernard that talks about this great feast, the solemnity of all saints. So please join us in prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you for this moment. Perhaps the wheels have been spinning all day long from responsibilities as parents or work or the world around us, God. And um, we just come into your presence, Lord, mindful that you've been with us all the while and that you invite us to uh, let those wheels subside. And Lord, whatever discord may exist in our souls, we renounce it in your name. In the name of Jesus Christ, because you've you've conquered death and the grave. You are not just a victim anymore. You are victorious. And in you, Lord, we can have victory over these whispers, God, over the discord, jealousies, um, aggravations, bitterness, contempt, uh, lies about our nature, about our value. We renounce all of these things in your holy name, Lord, uh, that we get rid of that debris, Lord, that we can experience that flood of grace in our minds and our hearts that you fashioned us for. You are made us to be temples of your indwelling spirit, God. We proclaim that, Lord, even if it's just in words, we declare you as Lord, which means you have dominion. We give you permission, God, and we declare you as Lord, yes, over our minds, over our hearts, over our memories, over our relationships, over our families, over our community, over our schools, over our work, over our world, Lord. Have dominion. Conquer us, God. Get the debris out of the way, Lord, as we renounce it all the more and find ourselves united in you. Holy communion that radiates holy communion holy community that radiates holy communion we love you jesus be with us tonight and uh, send forth your spirit we ask these things in your holy name through christ our lord amen Amen. in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit amen amen so steph why don't you lead us off we're gonna alternate paragraphs here from uh, saint bernard a wonderful reading today that i think bottom line is just contextualizes really our existence here on this planet both for the world series and for elections so saint bernard who, little trivia fact, he composed the prayer, the Memorare. Nice. Do you want me on your team someday? I do. Okay, let's get serious, Mr. Schleter. Why should our praise and glorification or even the celebration of this feast day mean anything to the saints? 
What do they care about earthly honors when their heavenly father honors them by fulfilling the faithful promise of the son? Ooh, touch screen. <laughs> what does our commendation mean to them? The saints have no need of honor from us. Neither does our devotion add the slightest thing to what is theirs. Clearly, if we venerate their memory, it serves us, not them. But I tell you, when I think of them, I feel myself inflamed by a tremendous yearning. Calling the saints to mind inspires, or rather arouses in us, above all else, a longing to enjoy their company. So desirable in itself, we long to share in the citizenship of heaven, to dwell with the spirits of the blessed, to join the assembly of the patriarchs, the ranks of the prophets, the council of apostles, the great host of martyrs, the noble company of confessors, and the choir of virgins. In short, we long to be united in happiness with all the saints, but our dispositions change. The church of all the first followers of Christ awaits us, but we do nothing about it. The saints want us to be with them, and we are indifferent. The souls of the just await us, and we ignore them. Come, brothers, let us at length spur ourselves on. We must rise again with Christ. We must seek the world which is above and set our mind on the things of heaven. Let us long for those who are longing for us. Hasten to those who are waiting for us and ask those who look for our coming to intercede for us. We should not only want to be with the saints, Mm -hmm. we should also hope to possess their happiness. While we desire to be in their company, we must also earnestly seek to share in their glory. Do not imagine that there is anything harmful in such an ambition as this. There is no danger in setting our hearts on such glory. When we commemorate the saints, we are inflamed with another yearning that Christ, our life, may also appear to us as he appeared to them and that we may one day share in his glory. Until then we see him, not as he is, but as he became for our sake. He is our head, crowned, not with glory, but with the thorns of our sins. As members of that head, crowned with thorns, we should be ashamed to live in luxury. His purple robes are a mockery rather than an honor. When Christ comes again, his death shall no longer be proclaimed, And we shall know that we also have died and that our life is hidden with him. The glorious head of the church will appear and his glorified members will shine in splendor with him. When he forms this lowly body anew with such into such glory as belongs to himself, its head. Therefore, we should aim at attaining this glory with a wholehearted and prudent desire that we may rightly hope and strive for such blessedness. We must, above all, seek the prayers of the saints. Thus, what is beyond our own powers to obtain will be granted through their intercession. Beautiful. Steph, did you read that this morning, by the way? Are you kind of reading this the first time? No, it's awesome. It's awesome. So those of you who missed where it's from, it's actually the... um, the reflective reading, if you will, from the Office of Readings today, from the Liturgy of the Hours. Just quite beautiful. I mean, obviously very apropos, right? Yep. yep. Um, so two things that came to mind for me reading that, that I'll share, because I had more than two little thoughts. But um, one, just how blessed we are as Catholics 
to hold the incredible, beautiful truth of the communion of saints. So a little catechism lesson here. The communion of saints, the church militant, which is us here on earth, the church suffering, the souls in purgatory, which we celebrate All Souls Day tomorrow, and November is traditionally held as the month of the poor souls, and the church triumphant of whom we celebrate today's feast. And just that, you know, especially when we lose a loved one or um, are really feeling, as St. Bernard says, that yearning, you know, that the saints, the lessons that they taught us and friendship with them, um, just how cool is that to know that the Lord allows that spiritual connection between the communion of saints. And then the other thing, and perhaps it's because of talking about the World Series, um, go copies, um, go ahead, you can say yours. No, nope. Equal opportunity. I'm being merciful. Okay. Um, just the, in this again, I'm going to have to do another shout out to Father Ricardo, um, but he had given the image of, you know, the stadium, and the stadium just filled you know standing room only and and we are in the field on the field and it's all of those who have gone before us who have made it to the throne of god who are cheering us on it's not just some imaginary thing but that it is, it is true and real and right that as saint bernard reminded us that they um, are there for us. They desire us to be with them in our Lord in heaven and that they want us to call upon them. They want us to acknowledge that. They want us to um, just participate in what we're called um, to fight and to persevere in. And it's not going to be easy. And, you know, there's just that whole thing. But to know that there are those cloud of cloud of cloud of, of witnesses, witnesses that scripture talks about that they are there for us so again just a blessing of being catholic that we call upon them that we um and i guess i urge our listeners on our facebook live stream <laughs> i hate being on video um you're so good and uh those listening to us on the five mighty stations of annunciation radio that we really get to know our patron saints that we um use our patron saint or our confirmation saint if we don't have a saint's name or pick our pa- fa- the, 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 exactly favorite saints and come to know in a deeper friendship about them and to talk with them and to call upon them and just plead for their intercession because they just await us calling on them. Amen. So I want to um, throw it out to our audience right now because we're going to navigate, we're going to shift here into a conversation about this present situation of the election, which I do believe has to be considered certainly in its own right, but also as, if you will, a symptom, an indicator of our entire culture. I mean, not just talking about two people. Certainly, notably, uh, it is an ugly socio-political environment, very the likes messy. of which we've never very, seen. Very messy. But in a lot of ways, it reflects, I think, the brokenness of our humanity. It reflects, mm-hmm. I think, um, many decades of struggle, and and I might even say from the beginning of time, we are seeing the playing out as Ephesians six twelve. We fight not against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers, and. Uh, 
And we want to understand that more fully um, in light of this and, and evaluate it in light of this. So, folks, if you have questions and uh, that you'd like us to answer, you want to call in. So um, through the radio, 877-275-8098, 877-275-8098. If you have a comment or a question, um, or just certainly through this Facebook Live, if you want to type your question, you can find us, by the way, Gregory Schleter, G-R-E-G-O-R-Y-S-C-H-L-U-E-T-E-R. Facebook Live. We are live. You can see us. It's experimental to us, and uh, we're, you know, we're having a little fun with this, so feel free to send us your questions there. So the first point I think that I want to make, Stephanie... Can I interrupt you, please? Absolutely. Because I do it so well. Um, I also want to urge our listeners not only to call in with that, and if I can just throw a little side pitch. Side Absolutely. Curveball. 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 I'll go with that. Thanks. Um, also, if you would like, on this great feast of All Saints... If you want to call in and share your favorite saint and why that saint is your favorite saint. And if you want to sing us a song or exactly. recite an algorithm. No, it's but open for real, come night. on, let's celebrate no, the saints because we need their intercession as we're talking about right. the election. How okay, about that? So, so for starters, go for it. we are a Catholic station Annunciation Radio. And we are Catholics, and so what does that mean when we say that we're Catholics? And I think it's important for us to understand um, it does not mean that we have given up, if you will, our intellect. We've set it aside and said, I'm going to blindly follow this thing. Now, Stephanie and I both happen to be cradle Catholics. We were born, if you will, into faithful Catholic families. But we are, I'm much older than she is. 49, and she's like 30-something. Anyways, um, we we have come through life, obviously, to grapple with the issues and to really um, come to own them, if you will. And so early on, I think we both clearly assented to the faith. We said, yes, I believe, and that's what it means to say amen. When the priest um, puts before us the Eucharist, um, it's not simply, I believe this is the body of Christ. It is saying, I believe I believe in all that the church asks me to believe. And by the way, I'm not forced to do that. I'm not forced to do that. There are many, what, 40,000 different denominations, Protestants, a whole history, another subject, another time. But if you want to go somewhere else, if you want to create your own church, legally, civilly, you are totally entitled to do what you'd like to do within the realm of your human freedom within this country of ours that allows right now another conversation, that freedom. Um, But we as Catholics profess what the Catholic Church teaches, and we hold uh, fast and true in the area of morals, um, uh, faith and morals, that the Church has not changed her position. She's developed, but she has not contradicted, she has not altered her her teaching from the very beginning, 2,000 years, the beginning of Christ. We can trace back our history to the very first pope, I believe we're on number 266 popes. I think Pope John Paul II was number the 264th successor of Peter. So how awesome is that, that we have a succession of popes who have um, been given to us by Christ. Matthew 16, 24, Upon this rock I will build my church, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And it might be insightful even for our listeners to think about this. Um, without authority, there really is no unity in faith. It's your opinion against mine, against somebody else's. Every profession, every denomination has their authority. They have, if you will, their vicar. A vicar is a representative. Even if it's you, you may be your own vicar. You may be the one who interprets Scripture for yourself that makes you a vicar. We as Catholics believe 
that God makes himself known through material instrumentality, flesh and blood, and through the word, certainly material instrumentality, and humanity. He makes himself known through these things, and he gives us very physical means to encounter him. And one of those is the authority of the Holy Father with the faithful united with him. And so as Catholics, we believe and are speaking when we speak of elections that um, this revelation through Christ in our church is for the good of our nature. Um, and I guess one phrase really kind of captures that, maybe in an anecdote of how firmly I believe that what the church reveals to be true is true, and not just in some distant place, but here and now, it's a good of our nature. Um, I, I, go, I tell the story of going, going back to high school uh, before the Facebook days, of course, the debauchery that took place in the 70s, and uh, being surrounded by it and amidst it. And many years later, um, he was able to connect with some classmates, and we were talking about our life in Catholic high school. And um, these friends were not faithful followers, should we say, and certainly we all fall short. We're all sinners, without which we don't need a Savior. Point made. But they were, uh, let me say, they made it a sport. It was, you know, um, very anti-Catholic in the ways that they were living. And um, one of the young ladies had been through a very traumatic life. She'd had two divorces. She had an abortion. She uh, There was a lot of chemical addiction in her life. And she'd come through all of that to encounter her Savior. She came to encounter Christ, but not as a Catholic. And so in our conversation, I'll just call her Julie. Julie said, you know, all those rules back in, in our Catholic high school, I didn't follow any of them. She kind of said that in a belligerent way. And I said to her, Julie, you know, which of those rules... Did we not follow, which of those rules did we really break that didn't in fact break us? Think about it. Which of, the, which of the rules did we really break or think that we broke that didn't in fact really break us or find us more broken? And think about it. Is there any commandment, any church teaching that we can really break that doesn't in fact, going against it, cause us to be broken? Then I asked her the question, she has two beautiful daughters, and I said, which of these rules would you want your daughter to break, Really? Make the list of all of those things that you are, you know, being proud of, that you broke, that that path that you navigated. Would you want your daughters to go against any of those teachings or quote-unquote rules? And it it lent itself to a good conversation of her acknowledging that truly the church gave us this truth to um, carve out, articulate the path of God's design for abundant life, for a good life for life that affirms our humanity in him. And um, so we really believe, as we look at the Constitution, as we look at the fabric of our nation, that the heart of that, that's natural law, but it's a participation in divine law. That God's law, at the very heart of this, the fabric of this, really... um, you know, is the good of the human person. And that really, I think that phrase, the good of the human person is what we are about. And we might even see, if we were to simplify all that, a hierarchy, and we see it. Life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. Now, you can't have pursuit of happiness if you don't have liberty, and you can't have liberty if you don't have life. So the paramount um, non-negotiables, if you will, have to do really with life. They have to do with our affirming the dignity of all human life from the moment of conception through natural death. And so as we look at elections, and we are again responsible for um, the candidate that we support, which is to say that what they explicitly say they are supportive of, if we vote for them, we are um, evidently affirming what they are committed to. We are responsible for them. So that's one way, I think, of evaluating this election coming up next week with, again, um, 
two candidates were far from perfect, but they are far from perfect. Um, definitely with their histories, definitely with shortcomings. But I think we've got to see, as the church sees the non-negotiables, that um, the right to life from birth to natural death, and the numbers um, that are at stake, especially with abortion, um, 4.5 million, 4.4 million a year. There have been over 55 million deaths since Roe v. Wade, 1973, in this country. Um, if this was, let's just say, fourth graders, hey, you have a right to kill fourth graders on the street and the numbers that we're seeing them killed, would would we rise up and we recognize that that, regardless of all the other issues that are out there, would we recognize merit to prioritize the defense and the protection of fourth graders? If so, then it ought to be really the same for all other human beings. And also looking at, I mean, that's first and foremost, right? But also marriage, the protection and sanctity of marriage, um, religious liberties, um, Bishop Thomas, I know on the Bishop's Corner and um, on the diocesan website, the USCCB, they speak of the five non-negotiables. And listening to our dear, wonderful, holy bishop, um, he has said, right, he feels that it's not about persons, it's about platforms. Mm -hmm. And so to look at those and to see what's consistent with our faith and what is very evidently not and um and our responsibility in that so um i don't know i think for with me if i can add a few thoughts two, two things i'm um, two is my number tonight i guess but one um th- that fine line between knowing and claiming that jesus already has victory and he is lord mm-hmm. regardless of what happens and you know we've had horrible leaders throughout history, throughout the world, et cetera, et cetera. People say all these things. And, and again, I, I know that regardless of the outcome, Jesus is still Lord. He has already claimed victory. You know, there's other avenues, et cetera, et cetera. But what's that, that fine line then with what we're called to do in regards to conversation, in regards to, um, you know, the... the how much do we invest ourselves? You know, some people say, don't watch the news and just whatever. And yet we have a responsibility in so many ways. So I guess it's that, that fine, that, you know, delicate dance perhaps between the two. And the other thing I want to say before we take our caller is, is what is, I don't remember. That good point is awesome though. And I, (laughs) I know exactly what you're saying. We can be pacifistic and say, well, he's Lord, he's overall. That's, you know, kind of, you know, messy business politics. And it is folks, it's uncomfortable. And, uh, and dealing with the reality, we got to get in there and find ways to do it with love and do with charity. And I remember that. Okay, good. Um, the other thing too, is so many good people that I hear about and know who are really considering not voting. And that is just, in my humble opinion, like so wrong. Like Mm -hmm, we mm -hmm. have this right that many people have died for to give us this right to vote. And as tough as it is, you know, for some people um, to go in there, there's a lot at stake. So I encourage you, if that is where you're at, talk to your priest, talk to somebody that you really respect, because 
um, I can't imagine them encouraging you to stay home. And folks, I just want to say it's a it's not a canonization. It's an election. It's an important distinction. We're not about finding qualities of absolute perfection, or even close to perfection. Absolutely. You know, the fact that you are given the vote makes you culpable. So choosing not to act on it, it's similar to saying I could do something to make a difference in two circumstances or two paths. I'm going to choose not to do either. You are still culpable because you could have acted. Um, And so really, I I want you to pray about that. I want you to think about the fact that you still have responsibility. Anyways, we have a caller. Go ahead, caller. Hello. (gasps) It's your favorite listener. (laughs) Our favorite what? Listener, she said. Oh, wonderful. favorite everything. Welcome to Annunciation Radio, a familiar voice to some of our listeners. Um, Caller, would you like to identify yourself? It's against this caller is rules. Anne Marie Judith Schleter reporting live from Ave Maria University in Ave Maria, Florida. Bringing With the temperature of uh, hot. Yeah. <laughs> we had a beautiful like day that. here. Welcome to the show, Anne Marie Judith Schleter. Why? Thanks, Stephanie I'm, Michelle. I'm mother. gonna. I'm gonna cry. I so, miss my daughter. I'll do it. So, so Annie, do I'm it. glad that you, you. <laughs> uh, glad you called in, and maybe you can give us uh, just even on this subject. We're talking. We'll leave the World Series to the side. So I'm, I'm sure you're not overly interested in that, except for your brother, your favorite brother. Oh, um, we've got the All Saints uh, uh, theme, of course, going on, and um, the election oh. going on. And you're on a college campus, uh, an overtly, explicitly Catholic college campus. What? I don't know, intuition do you have among your peers on two levels? One, are they talking about the candidates? Are they talking about the issues? And uh, what kind of sense do you get about, um, I don't know, just what it says about our culture? And I'm going to interrupt because, again, you're used to that and I do it well. Um, Also, for you and for many others on your campus and campuses across the nation, very first time to vote. If you, vote, right. if you get your absentee ballot. <laughs> if I get my absentee ballot. Dun, dun, dun. Um, yeah, I think Ave is kind of an abnormality um, when it comes to the election because I I have not, I mean, it's not a huge campus. We have less than like 15,000 uh, or 1,500, not 15,000, 1,500. Um, and, uh, you know, I see like Trump shirts like every every single day or like Hillary for prison or Trump bumper stickers or that sort of thing. Like I haven't met one single Hillary supporter. Um, so obviously when it comes to that, because it just attracts the more um, conservative Catholic um, of the nation. But um, it has, it's been interesting um, because people are definitely very fired up about it. I haven't heard of anybody um, talking about not voting, but they might be scared into submission a little bit because people are very, very vocal about support for Trump or the need to vote, um, which is, which is cool that people are so like adamant about having to vote. Um, and it is like it does i don't know give hope because obviously like i said like we're not a huge campus um but that there are so many um of the great art and excited to make a difference people your cell phone is kind of breaking up so if you could maybe find a spot and stay there can you hear she's pacing um trump you're kind of in and out, Anne Marie. I apologize. Your your voice is coming in and out. We're not getting no. it clearly. Yeah. So I don't know if there's like a. You started out good. So whatever seat you were sitting on initially, if you moved, stay there. So 
So Anne-Marie Schleter is calling us down from Florida, and no, she's sharing with us the culture down at Ave Maria, which is uh, an overt, explicit Catholic, uh, of course, university, and expressing that she's really kind of seeing a prominent um, uh, bent, if you will, towards Donald Trump and not seeing much of Hillary, but uh, kind of exciting for her. It's her first election. And uh, why don't you go ahead and try again, Annie? Maybe you're there with us. How about now? Is that better? Ooh, very good. good. Stay yeah. put. Don't move. Okay. I was in the same spot the whole time before. So. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, yay, voting, yay, America, vote. Voting's <laughs> exciting. I think I get so moved, like, like as a woman, like, I have the, like, right, the duty to vote because I have the privilege to vote, and so many people fought for me to be able to vote, and I feel like, like, even just, like, I don't even care who the candidates are, but, like, I can't imagine, like, in the 1900s, or early 1900s, like, like, if those women, or even in men, and just, like, would have seen, like, now, like, people, like, potentially just throwing away their vote, like, no, there are people that are dying in other countries so that they could have the right to vote, just, like, so they can make a difference, and, like, we have that power, and I just, I don't know. I, I don't think that that's something we should take for granted because it's potentially something that we're not always going to have. So vote. Yay. So any Yay, democracy. We know. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, for our listeners, again, encouragement to vote. Um, of course, you have a Catholic framework, a Catholic fabric um, that guides your heart and mind in terms of what to vote for and uh, uh, all that that means. But what insight might you give us um, as you are also a reader uh, and uh, you are obviously in that culture? What do you think? your peers, beyond Ave Maria, if you have any sense, you know, where, where do you think, um, I don't know, those who are 18, 19, 20 years old, what's important to them, or what what is, if you will, their plight? Big question. Um, I, uh, yeah, good question. I think it's just, I don't even know what, what they're attracted to or not attracted to, because I feel like there's just so much apathy, and that they don't even see the government or politics as affecting them beyond, like, majors. Um, because, like, it's just kind of like uh, the same people that you see maybe not going to church because they're like, okay, how can this affect me? Or even people who go to church. Um, I have a lot of friends who are, like, really good Catholics who aren't going to be voting. However, but for the ones who aren't voting, um, who are Republicans or even Democrats, but mostly Republicans, like, they're just like, okay, you know, whatever. I can't make a difference. Like, either way. We're gonna, we're you know, we're a lost cause sort of thing, um, and so I don't, I don't know what the answer is um, to bring that passion back, to bring that excitement back. I will say that I have seen like a lot of people are getting really excited about politics and the American government because of the musical Hamilton, which is kind of funny. Um, but just like a lot of conversation about that because, and it's it's kind of certainly a weird thing, <laughs> um, and I don't I don't know how I feel about it, but um, just it's cool because it's like bringing people back to like the roots and the founding fathers of this country. Um, and so it's I've had like a couple cool conversations with people who are voting because of like really loving Hamilton. And like that has like made them really love America more. So if, if that's that awesome. Then let's go. That's awesome. Not to let me, change. Let me pause oh. you a second, Grace. You're doing a good job because she has the uh, Facebook Live folks, and I was wondering they're not hearing necessarily the comments. Except Grace took one of the headphones, and I'd say Grace, move it as close as you can, so they in fact can can hear the commentary going on and uh, by the way just a few comments here yes thank you father jonathan for your comment um and uh tobias no do not go cubs but tobias uh, my brother attorney brother from the great windy city of chicago you can keep us informed if there's any hits and that it's sort of three thing. to zero cubbies are winning seriously yeah come on 
First inning. Yep. All right. Well, we have the future of our country at stake, and y'all are worried about it. It's the American <laughs> pastime. Okay. It all blends wow. somehow. It all blends y'all somehow. Need some Jesus. No, it doesn't. All right. All right. <laughs> um, so, Anne Marie, tell us um, just switching the topic to All Saints. Um, mm-hmm. Ave celebrates this feast day in a special way, correct? Yes. It's actually still going on the music behind me um but yeah we had mass at five o'clock um there's a couple masses all day long but the five o'clock mass is especially promoted um and then after that we had a awesome dinner that was um in outside in the middle of campus um on a in a big field and it was it's really awesome because um the campus of ave maria is like right in the center of the town of ave maria and it's a really little town but it was just really cool to see a lot of um the families come out so there's a lot of little kids running around um and just just a lot of really fun stuff and um i work for marketing so it was really cool because i got to interview a lot of people about like why they love all saints day why they love this ave feast um yeah so it's just really great and then there's a big concert going on right now with some students and alumni um so just like a lot of just funness and um community and just awesomeness celebration so yeah so tell us go ahead greg i was just gonna you know bring us back a little bit to politics and we know that the um current situation that's playing out is the fbi and comey uh situation uh of course the fbi um is underneath the department of justice and uh this past summer a lot of emails um that hillary's emails uh concerns about multiple servers and having sensitive security information on those private servers and um concerns about circumventing and of course comey after reviewing that had strong words for uh hillary clinton but essentially said um probably speaking out of shop if you will beyond his competence had uh had essentially exonerated her saying there's nothing here that a reasonable person would prosecute her for and um of course that would be a decision that the department of justice would make so i think that was one real kind of yellow flag for a lot of folks but hillary uh you know held up comey as a man of integrity as did many others and so here we are now a couple weeks before the election and the fbi and the, the department of justice really should be impartial and uh, based upon finding 600,000 emails on this computer belonging to the spouse of one of Hillary's aides, um, there had been really actually a couple weeks of reviewing this. This did not just come up suddenly. Um, the FBI had had this in their hands for a number of weeks and uh, you know found that it was of a significant nature in Comey's evaluation and those who work with him to say, you know, we really need to do something about this. And just for our listeners, and maybe you have some thoughts on this also, folks um you know he took you know acting really kind of uh normally in his conservative um demeanor that existed before is still present in this decision because why well what if hillary is elected and he didn't act well he is liable in his position as the fbi director in um acting prudently and appropriately in information that is under his understanding he's not in a place to reveal all that information without review so that obviously is playing out right now and unfortunately has become a political pawn and let's not be naive i think to some extent we're all political players in some respect but as we are sitting in these seats right now with one week to go in this election it is playing a very significant role we're seeing donald trump's poll numbers rise of course donald trump's crisis were the revelations of um, moral indiscretion should we say with other women um and so obviously just a very ugly situation but I do think that finds us in the current circumstance right now of a country asking a lot of questions. And uh, I would even put a cap on top of all of this. 
anti-establishment. I think people aren't simply sick, quite frankly, and there's an article in the Wall Street Journal today, aren't simply sick of the government that uh, and it's, it's perhaps lack of integrity in governing and lack of getting things done, all the self-serving and back-rubbing and that sort of thing. Um, but I think folks in general are kind of just in general sick of institutions. They're sick of establishments. And I'm hearing people sing in the background. <laughs> That's Wonderful. awesome. You had something you were going to comment. I was simply saying that this is the political landscape we're in, and certainly I, I throw it out there to our audience. If you have thoughts on this, uh, 877-275-8098, 877-275-8098. And, of course, if you want to type, some folks are typing, uh, Facebook Live, um, their questions about this. But, you know, I think... It frames the question for us, for a, 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 a one to be an executive, you know, a, a, aside from even their positions, which are significant, but can one be an executive? Can they lead if their capacity to make decisions is jeopardized because of a grand jury, because of an indictment, all of which these current findings suggest are a very real possibility? You're just looking at me. I am. <laughs> yeah. Like, where to go yeah. with that? You know, a little bit of information. I don't Absolutely. know if folks are uh, the degree of following it. I mean, you and I think it raises another question of how much do we want to be informed with this. But I will make the point. We can't make decisions challenge. if we're not really um, reading and trying to understand from multiple sources. Because as folks, as you know, um, the same information, multiple sides can spin it to their advantage. So I think it's incumbent upon all of us to really kind of ask, well, what, what are the facts? Can we set aside? allegiances and for the record i have not been a fan of either i can say that you know the caution we have to have on a catholic radio nonprofit station is not to advocate but i can say that uh, this you know this has been a troubling um, situation for all of us but i must say um that our faith uh clearly um you know, prohibits us as, as Catholics. It prohibits us from supporting any political official who supports abortion, period. I didn't write that. It's not Greg's opinion. Um, I agree with it. I assent to it. And I think it has to be stated when we speak about the conflict of candidates uh, in no uncertain terms. Um, you know, supporting a politician who supports abortion makes us culpable also for supporting abortion. So what I was going to say when you um, were giving us the little Al Cresta slash Glenn Beck slash Rush, no, I'm kidding, but the little news update. I feel the love. I do love you. And it, it is. It's so important to be informed. And as you said, different people, depending upon what you're listening to or what media avenue will spin things in a different way, perhaps. So to, you know, fi- you know, uh, pare it down to the facts. But what I will say, and I challenge myself with this, is because I can be, you know, want so much um, information and I want to know what the latest thing is with the, the, the election and the scandal or that, you know, whatever. But those of us who do that, are we praying as much as we are great point wanting this information or watching Fox, watching Fox news or listening to NPR, or, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, the, um, the, I just lost my train of thought. If you're watching Facebook Live, you saw that little interaction there. Um, but just that real challenge, are we bringing it before the Lord? You know, are we praying for those, whether it's Hillary or Donald or whatever race we're looking at, 
for a, a conversion, a deeper conversion of those people? Are we praying for our country? Are we praying for our elected officials? Are we praying for those who are involved in any way? Someone posted a prayer request under the Facebook Live, our dear friend Robert, um, asking about asking for prayers for the precinct workers. You know, just all of those involved, um, we need to cover in prayer. So as much as we're arguing with people or discussing it, or are we bringing it before the Lord? And with that, I'm going to do a little commercial um, for our diocese. Bishop Daniel Thomas has called for a day of diocesan, diocesan day of prayer and fasting on November 7th, the day before the election. Um, I'm just going to read this to you from our diocesan webpage. Bishop Daniel E. Thomas has called everyone in the Diocese of Toledo to a day of prayer and fasting on Monday, November 7th, for the intention that with rightly formed consciences, our participation in the upcoming election may lead to a world of greater respect for life, stronger protection of religious liberty, and deeper commitment to justice and peace. So he's asking, go to Mass, say an extra rosary, Stations of the Cross, Divine Mercy Chaplet. He lists a number of things um, that can be done, but just to be mindful, you know, fasting, if you're able, you know, for the day up through supper time or not having snacks or whatever it is, but just to really, again, come before the Lord, um, who is the ultimate everything, um, just to, you know, our hearts, our mind, our nation, just to plead that he continues to be the God of this land in every way. And just Amen. just to cap that, you know, we yeah. have been made incomplete so that we'll seek, you know, our needs ought to compel us to Jesus, our Savior. So just an encouragement and, you know, echoing what you're saying, Stephanie, many of us, even believers, maybe don't believe in the power of prayer. And we could, that's another episode, another time. But these are days, these are prophetic days that we're living in. And they're always prophetic days, but these are very critical moments that God has called us to. And the heartbeat driving that, the lifeblood driving that is our connection to our Savior, to our God in prayer, humbling ourselves before Him. And I might even say, Steph, not even just praying for them, but that we're repenting. Mm, you know, we're absolutely. mindful of the ways in which we're judgmental, the ways in which, you know, we're maybe not living, um, seeking and striving for a moral life in our mind, in our hearts. Of course, the Beatitudes, the Sermon right. on the Mount. I mean, all of these things, I think, are a beginning point for us to see the power of God alive through us. He wants to be Lord, but we're not letting him be because uh, we have our own obstacles and it's easy to point fingers. But it really has to begin with me saying, hey, um, I really need deeper conversion. I, Greg, I need deeper transformation. I need to be a better husband. I need to be a better father. And Lord, you know, grant me the grace to do that. And oh, by the way, folks, when you hear people say that and you know it's real, tell me it doesn't soften your heart. Tell me it doesn't, you know, give you kind of permission um, to go into that place that you want to go and seek the grace that you need to be strong. So I give you permission to go there. Were you going to read words? Oh, it's later. Okay. We, we, we have a guest on the, online. Oui, oui. Let's welcome him. How are you doing tonight, Francis? Doing very well and enjoying your program. Oh, it's our dear Francis. I love to hear your voice. Francesco. How are you, dear friend? Oh, I'm, I'm loving you all. Uh, it was well, so nice to hear uh, uh, your daughter. Uh, is it Emery? Yes. 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 For my heart also. And now to hear your voice is just icing on the cake. So what, okay. do you, what do you got for us, Francis? What wisdom are you going to bestow upon us? Well, it's, it's the Lord's wisdom. And um, I learned through the Knights of Columbus, uh, who advocated the uh, novena of rosaries between now and, and the 7th of November, uh, actually started on the 
the thirty-first. Yeah, this past Sunday, I think it was the thirtieth. Thirtieth, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So that's one important thing. Yes, we're actually going to end the show tonight with that prayer. Oh, great! And the uh, <clears throat> you're right, uh, Greg, about conversion is absolutely necessary, and that's what we have to pray for, even though we don't like the candidates. Uh, uh, don't particularly care for either one. We have to pray for them and ask for the grace that they need and uh, for our president as well. Uh, our our feelings have to be replaced by the love, like the prayer of the Holy Spirit that we say for the core team. Mm. Absolutely. It, it, Frank, it, I want to ask you a question, and I'll give you a moment to think about it, because I'm going to read some of the comments on Facebook Live here. But my question to you in a moment is uh, is going to be, um, you've lived, and God's blessed you with a number of years. You're still a young man, but he's blessed you with a number of years. And what insights might you give to us younger generations about what is truly important, wisdom that maybe has been lost? So I just want you to think about that a second. And while you're thinking about that, um, Robert says, our God is an awesome God. Amen. Robert, thank you for sharing that. Scott sharing, our God is bigger than our troubles. He is bigger than Hillary or Donald. Trust in him. Amen for that. Linda, power in prayer and fasting. What did she add to that? Fasting, absolutely. Uh, my wife and I, you know, have discovered that. I also even rediscovered the power of fasting um, as we're hungry whatever it may be, if it's a food fast or something else, you know, we discipline ourselves and we got to turn to God. We recognize that these things have, you know, we've given it authority over our lives when it shouldn't. And when we, you know, get rid of that stuff or practice it, we turn our hearts more fully to God. So thank you for commenting. And again, just want to invite anybody else who has a comment to share, please do so. Facebook Live or 877-275-8098. So Francis, what are your thoughts about that? I think they're they're right on target. Prayer and sacrifice. Sacrifice has been lost, I think, in in so many areas. Uh, the, the spirit of mortification, the spirit of humility. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a litany of humility uh, mm-hmm. that is really great. It's a dangerous prayer, <laughs> but uh, a great one. Yeah, and, and I think that we need to. Uh, get away from the materialism, the thinking about things so much, and, and taking time out really to reflect and get into our souls, get into depth, uh, like launch out into the deep with the Lord, mm. and listen to Him, and, and cast our nets where He tells us to. And um, we have to be caring for one another and, and uh, really praying for our nation every day, it's uh, something we can't just let up to those that are supposedly in power uh, and and hope that they're going to do the right thing. We've got to support them with our prayers, right. with our sacrifices. And, um, yeah, a lot of that has been lost, and I think we're suffering from it. So there's a Father Roberto, who is a priest, says, I'm a priest, and I am offering masses to the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father Roberto, for being with us, and uh, we thank you for your priesthood, and all priests who are listening out there for leading us 
in this great power, the sacrifice of the Mass, and all of the sacraments through which, you know, we are transformed. How awesome. Father Adam, shout out to uh, our own pastor today, Father Adam Hertzfeld, and uh, just the blessing of being able to go to Mass and hear his very wise words on four points, which I will not repeat, but uh, they're still with me um, as to why this day is important. You know, I have a thought, um, Francis, that we've been using the phrase anti-establishment, and I think um, for 10 different people, that may mean 10 different things. But I do think there's something there that points toward a, a, a renewal of culture, and this is what I mean. In saying anti-establishment, in a sense we're saying um, the government no longer has the cape. They're not the savior. They cannot save us. To put it simply, institutions cannot save. Only people can. Only Christ can. Institutions cannot love. Only people can. And so what happens when we come to acknowledge the limitations of that impersonal uh, institution? It, you know, it means we got to say, well, what blessings have I been given for the sole purpose of being a blesser? That, you know, the people in my own backyard, you know, around us, who is best able to take care of them? Now, I, I praise God, truly, for, uh, for programs that have taken care of people in ways that they otherwise would not have been able to be taken care of. But overall, who can take, get, take best care of my children, of my wife, uh, of the people around me, but us being united who know these people? Um, I can tell you an example. Just last night, um, a good brother of mine who's been blessed in business, and he just, quite frankly, he and his wife's generosity brings me to tears often. But we were talking, and he became aware of a young woman who um, who is uh, has great needs that her insurance does not cover. And um, he was sharing with me that he was ready to give, like he's a 10% tither plus right out the gates. And uh, I'll tell you, he just thought nothing of, and, and this is a lot of money for him, even though he's been blessed in business of late, to give 10000 bucks to help this woman um, who he barely even knows because of the needs. You know, that's love. That's, you know, using our blessings. For him, it may be money. For some of us, it may be shoveling the walk next to us or mowing a lawn. Or, quite frankly, right now, uh, which of us don't know somebody right now who's in need of encouragement, who's in need of knowing that they're loved, who's struggling? All of us probably have our hands in the air for that. And how, how much would it take for us to take this moment just right now and text them, hey, I'm thinking of you. I'm praying for you. I mean, maybe it was more than just this radio program right now and Greg talking and Stephanie talking that was the inspiration to do that. Maybe it was the Holy Spirit. Maybe that person who right now gets that note says, a year down the road, five years down the road, you have no idea what I was going through when you sent me that text message that expressed love and compassion and concern. Exactly. Can I say one more thing? Please do. Please do. um, Did anybody tune in to uh, Raymond Arroyo last night? I didn't. Well, Give us we a, usually catch the rerun. <laughs> he, well, he interviewed Donald Trump, and I'll tell you, it's yes. worth watching. Uh, it, it changed uh, my attitude towards uh, Mr. Trump to some degree uh, favorably. And, um, you know, he's not perfect, and neither is Hillary, and neither are we. But, you know, there are certain things, like you said, Greg, that are essential, they're basic to our beliefs. And we, we have to uh, keep those in mind when we pull that uh, lever on Election Day. So I encourage our listeners to Francis's uh, information there to look that up on EWTN, Raymond Aurora, um 
I forget the name of his show, but it's his recent episode where he did interview. He sat down one-on-one with Donald Trump. Um, Francis, thank you so much. We love you. You're in our prayers, and we look forward to connecting. Thank you for your wisdom and for the gift that you are to so many. Absolutely. Um, we're going to go into prayer now, folks, as the, uh, we like to end the end of Ignite Radio Live with your in- intentions and petitions. And uh, you can certainly still place them and find them uh, online on our Facebook page. But um, And we have our uh, Novena prayer to end with also. Okay, why don't we begin with Novena prayer? Okay, I shall. This, um, just as a little bit of background, the Knights of Columbus have been sending this around, but it was actually written many, many years ago, 1959, I believe. Um, As many of you know, John Carroll, our very first bishop, dedicated this country to Our Lady under the title of um, the Immaculate Conception. And so this prayer was written at the... um, dedication of our National Basilica in Washington, who has that title, the Immaculate Conception. So pray with me in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Most Holy Trinity, our Father in Heaven who chose Mary as the fairest of your daughters, Holy Spirit who chose Mary as your spouse, God the Son who chose Mary as your mother, in union with Mary we adore your majesty and acknowledge your supreme eternal dominion and authority. Most Holy Trinity, we put the United States of America into the hands of Mary Immaculate in order that she may present the country to you. Through her, we wish to thank you for the great resources of this land and for the freedom which has been its heritage. Through the intercession of Mary, have mercy on the Catholic Church in America. Grant us peace. Have mercy on our president and on all the officers of our government. Grant us a fruitful economy born of justice and charity. Have mercy on capital and industry and labor. Protect the family life of the nation. Guard the precious gift of many religious vocations. Through the intercession of our mother, have mercy on the sick, the tempted, sinners, on all who are in need. Mary, Immaculate Virgin, our Mother, Patroness of our land, we praise you and honor you and give ourselves to you. Protect us from every harm. Pray for us that acting always according to your will and the will of your divine Son, we may live and die pleasing to God. Amen. Amen. Lord, we lift up with George Malika his need in Africa for sponsors for their disabled children's home. And we join him in his intercession, seeking the intercession of St. Padre Pio. And we lift up uh, with Pat um, this intention of Augie and his family, stage four cancer. And Mary, we lift up uh, her friend Elsie, who just lost her sister, for strength and vigilance. We join Cindy in her prayer for so many that she knows and cares about her having a difficult time, illness, death, loneliness, uh, so many things, finances. We pray that you touch them. We join David in his prayer. Uh, Heather's best friend, Sheila, and Greg lost twin babies in the womb. We pray for them. Lord, we avail our hearts and our minds to you on this night. We seek you, Lord. We pray that you allow us to be blessers as you flood us with your grace overflowing to us and to all those around us. We ask this in your holy name, through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. God bless you all.